Hello, Jenny. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. So excited to be joining you. Thank you. I am so excited to jump into why self-care isn't enough. And Absolutely. Can you can you give me some context, maybe a personal story or something about what, what led you to this? <laughs> yes, I can, of course. So I guess what I mean by when in this context by self-care is um a lot of the time we use that that sort of phrase to refer to the fluffy stuff, say having a bubble bath or going to get a massage um, or the things that we feel like we maybe should be doing because we're being told all the time that this is really good for you. So the meditation or the mindfulness. Um, And actually, lots of people are trying to fit these things in. You know, it's really hard to do in our busy lives as mums. And they find that actually it's not that effective for them because it's not necessarily the thing that works for them in their lives at that time. Um, and so what I am all about is focusing on the things that actually are the things that are going to be most effective for you. So um, finding that path and working out what those things are and being really intentional about it and um maybe looking at the aspects of things that you wouldn't necessarily think of as being self-care but in my book definitely are mm-hmm. can you give us a like for example um and i'm going to insert a story and then i'll ask that question again what I say to my clients is there's no amount of hot baths that are going to fix marital communication breakdown. Mm. And so I I think when, when we're talking about self-care and your definition is, is very much in line with mine where it has to be something that feels intentional and authentic and is actually going to meet or deal with that stressor, or it doesn't always have to be in response to stress, but just like, it has to be something that's going to make you feel good and not a pedicure just because that's what other people do, or that's what Mm. you see, you know, on social media is like, if I haven't gotten my pedicure this month then I haven't done self-care. And so can you give us a, like, for example, in terms of what you mean by the self-care kind of has to match, you know, the way that you are, the things that you need? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I found this, personally when I was really struggling my children were young um and you know I was trying to get to that place that I felt like I needed to be by the ways that I was being told I was hearing that I needed to do so um the mindfulness and you know all those things um and it just wasn't working and I wasn't enjoying it anyway and um I sort of had this sudden moment where I realized, well, before I became a mother, I wasn't doing these things. And there were other things that I was doing that was were making me feel joy. I feel I'd like joy is a really important thing to keep a handle of. Um, and so for me, it is reading. I'm a massive bookworm. bookworm. I love to read. Um, so making time for that, making time to get out in my garden and, um, you know, get my hands dirty out there. So it's those kind of things, you know, things that people maybe think of as hobbies. 
Um, but lots of these things that we just assume we don't have time for um, as mothers, they um, kind of get thrown out of the window in those kind of early desperate days of just getting from day to day with a newborn. Um, and when we get to that point where we can sort of start to incorporate things um, in a little bit more, um, often it just feels so difficult because we've got used to, to not having those things. We've almost forgotten about the person. We've changed so much as a person. You know, there's been this huge transformation. We don't feel like the person that we were before we became mothers. And so lots of us just kind of lose those things that we have loved, have always loved, or, you know, maybe found at some point in our lives. But um just forget or don't realize that we um, need to reintroduce them yes yes that resonates so much with me because um for me the thing I can tell that for you your thing is the mindfulness for me it's yoga like I I don't know how many times I think in a week that I should do yoga and I don't (laughs) don't want to do it it's not it's not something that I would naturally choose yeah right and so um, as a, as a new parent struggling to kind of find myself in motherhood and the ways that I would need to, the activities that would make me feel alive and would bring about that like emotional regulation. Um, and if you're an avid listener, you've heard me say this a thousand times, but I love creativity, whether it's mm. music or art journaling or painting or, um, writing or reading or finding poetry. Um, you know, those are the things that really light me up. And so when I think about self-care, you know, there's this pressure to do yoga because that's what moms who wear yoga pants do. And I wear yoga pants, but I don't do yoga. Um, is that, that re I love the way that you said that, like reintroducing yourself to the things that you, you do love and the things that do make you feel um joy and and alive because i think a lot of people don't know or don't know how to access that again absolutely yes and it it can be really difficult to get back to because there's all sorts of reasons that we get, sort of tell ourselves that actually that's not available to us any longer so your big one is is time we just don't have time to do it um guilt is a big one that old sort of mom guilt rearing its head um and and a lot kind of behind that around you know self-worth and valuing ourselves and actually um believing on some level that we shouldn't need these things we shouldn't need these times these times to ourselves because actually I'm a good mother and good mothers shouldn't need these things. And I mean, what total rubbish is that? But I think, you know, that is a lot that's going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. um, in, in those sort of unconscious things that we start to believe about ourselves as, as moms. Yeah, for sure. My cup should be endlessly flowing from my unconditional and effortless love and joy that I get from watching my children and cherishing all the moments, right? Like I should right. yeah. I should need alone time. I should feel totally fulfilled in this role as a mom, especially because I wanted it. And mm. for some people who wanted it so desperately, 
um, that it potentially took years or even medical intervention for this child to be in front of them right now, there can be so much narrative around, well, I wanted this. And so I should just suck it up. I should just want to be with my kids all the time. I shouldn't need to have three, six, 12 hours of alone time to myself in any given week or month or time frame. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, th- there's an element of that for myself. It took us a while um, to conceive our daughter, um, my first, for various reasons. But um, I think even for those who haven't had those kind of difficulties often there's th- these things have been a long time in in the planning you know so there there are of course people who who realize later on in life that they want to become parents but actually I think for a lot of us this has been something from childhood that we have always planned and always believed that we um, would become one day and then to find when it arrives that it's not all rainbows and magic um, as we might have expected um, and, you know and even if there's some element of, of kind of realism in there um, you know knowing that it's going to be difficult there's there's a big difference between um, knowing it's going to be difficult and then the actual reality of motherhood when it does arrive <laughs> yes it's one thing to know that you're going to be sleep deprived and like have done some um, you know your own kind of emotional coaching potentially on that um, and but then to be in the thick of it and I mean I work with women who have um, known or unknown perinatal mood and anxiety disorders so anxiety depression OCD even just like the distress or stress mm. from the transition from childless to child um, there are so many things that that are weaved into all of that and in the moment when you are sleep deprived and angry and resentful and your body is so tired that you're not even sure how you're going to get through the next day. It's one thing to know that that's coming. It's a whole nother ball game when you are in the thick of it. Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. In your work, Jenny, what do you find is one of the more common messages or internal narratives that women have and that they tell themselves that they shouldn't can't you know any what's kind of the common message that you hear from people who you work with about self-care um I think it's that they they can't find the time um that is such a common one that comes up you know they're busy um the moms I work with um work outside of the home as well um so there's often um a sort of an element of guilt about the competing demands of their work and careers and and the needs of their children and wanting to be sort of present and available for their children um and so adding in themselves as a priority into that mix um, oftentimes just feels impossible because they are so stretched in um, different directions you know um, wanting to be um, you know present in their relationship in their friends and family and all the other things that are going on in their lives often they, they're so stretched in so many different directions um, in the first place that that um, 
their own self-care and their own prioritization is the one thing that they can let go of without feeling guilt even though it has immense repercussions um on so many aspects of themselves and the way they feel and the way they live their lives and show up for the people that they love yes yes and what would you say to someone say say you you know had five minutes with someone and they'd already shared with you this um in fair play we call it a toxic time message um they've told you that time is the big factor for them. If you only had five minutes to kind of give them a pep talk, what would you mm-hmm. say to them? So my, um, my big thing is always that um, we can only show up as the person in our relationship. So with our children, with everybody else, um, as the sort of person that we um allow ourselves to be and if that person Mm -hmm. is the person who is stretched who's at the end of their tether whose cup is empty um who isn't spending that time on themselves then that is the person that you are giving to those people that you love and that's when you um snap at you know the slightest thing you're shouty mummy you're the sort of snappy person to your spouse um or the person who um you know comes in from work and doesn't want to have a conversation because you're just too tired and too sort of overstimulated to to be able to do that um and so it's about sort of flipping the idea that that prioritization of yourself and self-care of yourself is in some way selfish and recognizing that um actually by making yourself feel more normal you know better you are actually giving that gift to your family and the people that you love and enabling yourself to be a better mother and a better version of yourself mm-hmm. yes I loved what you said self-care is never selfish is yes. is something that I uh, say sometimes yeah yeah I love how you said that like when you're not taking care of yourself or prioritizing the self-care the real self-care, not the fluffy kind, mm. that that's the version of yourself that is showing up in your relationships. That's the version of yourself that's showing up in parenting. And I have experienced that firsthand in my own motherhood when I have deprioritized self-care. I have put everything else above that. And sometimes I don't even realize I'm doing it until you get to those behaviors that you mentioned, the snapping, the, I cannot talk to one more person today. I'm so irritated by your needs or the fact that you, um, sometimes the fact that you just exist in my house, (laughs) can I just be alone for a second? Right. And those signals, those emotional and body signals, um, are sending a message and 
what I say to my clients when those narratives are coming up, when we're irritated with our spouse, when our kids can do nothing right, when your boss is a dick all the time, which in some cases can be true, but <laughs> well, yeah. the, the way that we, the way that we view it, the way that we internalize it, the way that we, you know, um, show up to it can be so much different when we have taken the pause that we need so that we can show up to those difficult situations, to those behaviorally age appropriate moments with our children and not think, why can't you, you should be able to, I can't, I cannot have one more minute of this. Mm, Absolutely. And being able to recognize those signs in yourself is such a powerful thing to learn to do. Um, And being able to start to recognize those earlier and earlier so you know it's easy or easier to identify um when you are you know really at the end of your tether but as you go through the process of, of kind of learning how to look after yourself better actually being able to recognize those warning signs earlier and earlier just means that you can take a step back and say right we're going put down that path again what do I need to put in place at this moment in time to just you know even if it's just going off and and doing some deep breathing for a minute Mm -hmm. and it's not always possible there's always you know there's always going to be times in life where children have got sick everybody needs you and and there just isn't time in the in those sort of moments or sometimes days stretches out to um to, to really kind of stop and and do those things but but if we've got this routine in place where um we are operating in a normal way in a at a point in which our, our cup is is much fuller when we get to those points where we're giving and we're giving and we're giving and we're not able to give to ourselves in the same way for short periods of time you're not getting to breaking point Mm. you're you're getting to a difficult patch um but you're knowing that you're going to get to a point where you can spend some time to recover but it's not breaking you to get to that sort of difficult patch yeah yeah and something that I share with my clients when those moments have happened um I've said to them, it's self-care isn't something that you need to add in, in some of these moments. Sometimes self-care is like removing something that's particularly Mm. stressful, right? So it's not that you have to do anything. It's that you, you have the, um, the ability or the knowing that if social media is going to add to this day, to this stretch of sick days to this really difficult deadline at work, you know, then maybe you cut that out for a couple of days, or maybe you turn your notifications off or, you know, like, I think, you know, circling back to this, like debunking kind of the myth about self-care and how it's not selfish and how it's not fluffy and all of those things is that sometimes the best thing that we can do for ourselves, the best care we can provide ourselves is removing some of that stimulus. So it's not adding more, it's not doing a thing, bath, journal, yoga, mindfulness. It's not adding that into the day when you are in between puke buckets. 
it's removing something that might feel stressful, not returning that phone call, asking your partner to pay a bill, um, getting your groceries delivered, like whatever it is, it's removing something. Yes, I so agree. And this is something I, I sort of take my clients through a lot um, for, for general life. You know, it's not just for those times that, that you, you know, are really difficult, but um, setting boundaries. So for me, that is all part of self-care, setting boundaries um, with other people, with um, your work, but most importantly, with yourself, actually, in a lot of cases um so yes it's working out what you need um to be able to um have that sort of lessening of stress and lessening of pressures um and putting those in place so so for me um you know I've done a lot of work around this and and um it's a lot around um making sure that I um get the sleep I need making sure that I'm cutting off my work at um, a time of the day that allows me to unwind and and leave that behind before bed um, and also lots around um, when I'm spending time with my children and enabling me to be present with them and not sort of on my phone trying to respond to emails and that sort of thing so absolutely for me all of those kind of things are wrapped into this idea of self-care and, and looking after ourselves but yes. as you say, it, a lot of that is about removing things rather than adding them in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I really, I really like what you said about the self boundaries, right? Because it's it's much harder to in a modern society, it's much harder to go inward and say, you know, what's stimulating me? What what responsibility do I have? What am I bringing to the environment? Um, and saying, okay, well, maybe I'm irritated with my kids because I'm trying to do two things at once, or maybe I'm irritated with my partner because they're always on their phone and we haven't discussed, you know, um, or set boundaries for each other around when our screen-free times or when our times that we're just going to be present with each other. And, and I think, um, there is so much effort and this work is, endless. You know, um, a lot of my clients will come to me and say, well, I set the boundary, but it didn't go well, or I set the boundary and it worked for three days and then we had to revisit it or whatever. And, and it's, it's kind of a never ending renegotiating with yourself and your partner and your kids on what each person needs in these moments. And, and how do we, how do we set our family up for family self-care? How, how do, how do we ensure that everybody's needs and temperaments and nervous systems feel appreciated and valued in our family because my version of downtime is very different than my husband's it's very different than my eight-year-old's right and so when we're all overstimulated we all need different things absolutely and I love how you put that about it all it but you know being a constant journey this isn't something that you arrive at and that you've done and you've completed oh wow I've done self-care this is what I need to do forever and, and, and you know um this this is something that you know everybody needs to con- constantly work on I'm con- constantly working on tweaking changing um 
our needs change as our children grow their needs change your needs in relation to them change this is something that you know is a journey that is never going to be completed mm-hmm. um but in some ways I, I think that's quite wonderful because um you know that even if you've got something that works for you right now but maybe doesn't feel perfect you know that that is something that you can work towards as you sort of progress down the journey yeah yeah for sure and so on that note if you had advice for busy moms out there who might be on the edge of burnout who have potentially been rolling their eyes as we're talking about this in the way of well I really don't have time or I really don't have resources you know what is what is one thing one piece of advice that you would give to them to maybe open up some of that curiosity around um, unlearning that I should, I don't have time, you know, those like common messages or narratives. Mm, Absolutely. And um, for me, it's always about starting small. So I think when we, when we um, think about these things, you know, if you think about trying to add exercise into your day, you're thinking about a 40 minute workout. And, And for lots of people that just seems like impossible and insurmountable um thing to be able to add in and say um start with five minutes Mm. pick pick something that you know will bring you joy um and this is something that actually lots of people have difficulty around because of that whole thing that we were talking about of um having left behind the previous year and not even really remembering or knowing what it was that you did to unwind um, even if you were ever very good at that because lots of us aren't we sort of go through life and haven't really figured that out anyway even before becoming mothers um, so I sometimes ask the question well what did you enjoy doing as a child and, and go back that far and, and start to ex- explore those kinds of things and, and often um, clients will say to me oh well actually you know I love doing creative things as a child but I, I just yeah. haven't done that for such a long time and so, so it's about, you know, trying out things like that and, and just adding in five minutes a day that all it needs to be. Um, and, and sometimes that is a really difficult process for people and, and something that, you know, is going to take a lot of work to get to. And so I, I say, well, spend your five minutes just doing nothing. That, that is a, an activity in itself, just resting, sit put every distraction away, sit and do nothing. And it's amazing how restorative that can be if there is nothing else that you you can think of that you would rather be doing. 100%. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you, Jenny, for being here with us today, for sharing your wisdom and for spreading the word and helping normalize what self-care really is and what it can mean because it is not selfish and time is created equal for both genders and it's it's not that one person is better at caregiving or cleaning or doing one of those things gender doesn't determine that and so um you know if you're in a if you're listening and you're in a place of i don't have time um i i would encourage people to think about and reflect what things are you spending time on that don't bring you joy that could be 
delegated or outsourced, or you know, maybe your kids are at an age that they can start folding their own laundry or helping with dishes or you know, doing something that creates a bit of that family culture that is aligned with your values and that prioritizes everybody's needs, including, including, absolutely non-negotiable mom's needs. Much for hanging out with us today on the Chill Like a Mother podcast. If you had an aha moment or found yourself saying, oh yeah, me too, maybe share this podcast with somebody who might appreciate it, a friend, maybe in your mom group or on Facebook. Episodes come out every Sunday to help you with those Sunday scaries and subscribe so that you never miss an episode and you can carry me, Kayla, around in your back pocket. If you like this episode, please leave us a rating or a review. I'd love to hear from you. And if you want to look at a behind the scenes and get exclusive ways to be more chill as a mom, follow me on Instagram at chill.likeamother. All of the mentionables are linked in the show notes. And, and always, this is not a replacement for professional advice, though we are professionals. We're not your professional, though we do encourage you to seek whatever professional supports you may need in your life. And in case you haven't heard it today, you deserve the time and the money that it might take for you to take care of yourself in whatever way you need taken care of. Have a relatively chill day and catch you in the next episode.